This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Dr. Malik Purahit. Dr. Purahit's the Chief Health Information Officer at the Lehigh Valley Health System. He's a regular guest and a brilliant thinker about healthcare issues and technology issues really across the board. Uh, Dr. Purahit, the, the discussion today is digital investments and what kind of ROI people should be thinking about. Why does the ROI and digital health investments often fall short of what health systems might expect? Talk to us a little bit about these issues and, and what you see out there. Oh, uh, Scott, thanks. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. And I got to say, I, I'm a regular reader of all your posts uh, and obviously all the Becker publications. And it's one of the best things out there. And I, I love starting the morning uh, with that. It gives a good summary of the day and what's going on in the world. So uh, fantastic work with that. And I appreciate uh, you doing that. I know it's a lot of work to do. Regarding the the question, I think it's a, a really brilliant question because, you know, I was at a, a conference a couple months ago, and this was a, a conference for uh, Salesforce. It's called their Dreamforce Conference. And uh, it puts together people from so many different industries, from retail to airlines to healthcare to you name it. And as I was walking around and looking at the different displays and, and listening to different presentations, it struck me that for IT and, and digital infrastructure in general for healthcare, we often view it as, as a necessary evil or something, quote unquote, I have to deal with rather than something that brings joy or efficiency or reduces cost. And it struck me that healthcare is, is probably on the bottom end in terms of the ROI received from expenditure for uh, digital infrastructure. Unlike other places where, for example, if in banking, you've got an app and now you can do so many things you don't even need to go to the bank. You can deposit a check, you can, you can get money, you can transfer funds, you can do all these things that, you know, in the past you had to physically go to a bank. And in healthcare, it's still, I feel like it's it's interesting that we don't get the same level of return. And I suspect there's several reasons for that. One, I posted a little bit on this on LinkedIn a few weeks ago and I got a tremendous response. And so I think it's a really timely topic, but it was a, it was a photo of, an engine from a BMW, I believe it was an X5. And it was also right next to an engine of a Tesla S. And uh, it's hard to replicate this uh, in audio, but it pictures a thousand words. And the amount of complexity on the X5 versus the simplicity of the Tesla was just amazingly different. And they're both high-performing vehicles. They're both top of the line, top of the market, and uh, the great reputations as vehicles. But one is simpler to operate than the other. And I think healthcare, for many reasons, is a difficult engine to operate, so to speak, in sense of uh, the different operations, the different positions, the roles, the regulatory environment, the state rules, the county rules, et cetera. Uh, and just one example that I threw out there, one was if you're trying to create a build in, in an EMR, say Epic, for example, we use Epic. And you see that uh, it's pretty easy to set that up from, from a digital perspective on the back end until you realize, well, wait, you know, the state regulations are different. If I have the clinic in a hospital space versus a freestanding clinic, the rules are different. The county regulation might be different. The things have to pa get passed 
Department of Health, uh, pick your state. It's all the same in terms of the regulations. And those kind of things lend themselves to such a complex environment that when you insert a new thing into it, it's not that you're adding uh, efficiency or reducing complexity, you're adding more complexity to the already complex environment. And I think that at the essence of it seems to be one of the reasons it's hard to achieve true efficiency and improvements with digital infrastructure for healthcare versus other industries. Thank you. And, and, and take a moment on sort of, when you're a health system leader, when you start to adopt different digital health technologies, I think it depends on the one, what you're thinking about, what your expectations are, which is ROI and how quickly it escalates, how quickly it's able to accelerate usefulness. But how do you sort of look at the expectations when you start to implement a new digital health technology or product? Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a, another great question. How do you view this in the context of, okay, we already know that it's not gonna be the same level, so how, do, how much of a, a discount do you apply and I think that's that's the difficulty because, you know, when we do these uh, investments and and look at uh, technology, uh, what we typically do is not compared to other industries. So, for example, we're looking at a uh, company recently uh, that's helping with uh, data warehousing and then uh, insights into operational efficiency. And that company has done fantastic. It's helped with countries in war. It's helped with supply chain in so many other areas. But we specifically looked at that product in the context of their health systems and to see what things that they were able to achieve, uh, given the complexity and everything there. And I'll tell you, it's it's a difficult analysis because if you've seen one health system, you've seen one health system and how they run uh, in the environment that they're in for the local reasons, for the local regulations, state rules, et cetera. And it's a very difficult analysis. But what we try to do is compare a product or an investment, not with other industries and not with other healthcare systems, but very similar healthcare systems with similar geographies and similar challenges so that you can get the best accounting of comparison in terms of ROI. And that's not always easy to do because not everything is the same and not everything is comparable, but we do the best we can. And that's where I think it, it, the difficulty lies. And when you look at newer digital health technologies, Dr. Purehead, what are you most excited about currently? What, what do you, I mean, I know it's a constant sort of tearing of things that are going out, tranching of things that are going out, you know, constant different work cycles and paths to get things implemented. What are some of the things you're most excited about currently? Great question. I'll tell you, I think uh, this is probably a topic you've uh, probably not heard enough of. I think Gen AI is probably, uh, the, I think, the most exciting to me in so many ways. I think it's funny, like AI is uh, thrown around as a term now the way it used to be thrown around with Bluetooth on any device, right? And uh, just as a funny aside, I bought a washer and dryer a few months ago uh, for the home and uh, there was an AI component to the washer and dryer. And I'll tell you, the only thing difference I can see is not that the clothes are cleaner, but that they cost me $500 more to get the washer and dryer because the AI tag is there. However, I'll say that I think in healthcare, for the first time, I actually have a lot of hope for what Gen AI, um, just for the audience, you know, traditional AI has been a lot of data analytics around numbers and structured data, and then converting that to more insight. What Gen AI is uh, taking that and advancing and saying, can I actually generate, hence the Gen, generate either new product, new data, new insight based on the existing data, but that didn't exist within that structure already. And that's the advancement with Gen AI. And I really feel that there's a huge opportunity here 
with some of the the basic tasks. And and one thing you know we've talked about in the past on this podcast is documentation. I think there's a huge value add. There's a, a bunch of different companies out there now that are doing a really good job with this that have a potential to reduce clinician burnout, to reduce the wear and tear on people, uh, to improve the quality of care. Because now, if I can actually focus on my patient and talk to them instead of facing a screen, that opens a whole different way of having dialogue uh, than what we've been used to over the past 10, 15, 20 years or so with the EMR in between the patient and the clinician. And I think that opens up a, a much better way to focus, to have quality, to care. And when you do things in real time as a result of this technology, you can actually remember all the things, all the the referrals, all the labs, all the things that you're doing for the patient in real time and get that done. And so that they can go on to their care and the next level of care immediately rather than waiting for someone to finish note or drop the orders and that kind of stuff. So I think it's one place that certainly is a huge value add and a huge potential for going forward. But that's just one place. I think we can talk about hundreds where I think Gen AI and healthcare particularly has a huge potential for advancement. Take a moment I, and, and bear with me on this on the washer and dryer. Because now <laughs> anything you do, any place you're at, you know, as on LinkedIn this morning, it says we can improve your answer with, if not GPT, <laughs> with AI or something. But talk about the washer and dryer just for a second. I mean, in, in the ideal world, I take it, you wouldn't have to, pl- to plug in what cycle you need to hit. You just let the, the machine decide. I mean, what does, it, what does it actually mean, AI, when it applies to washer and dryer? <laughs> That's a good question. I was actually trying to read the the, <laughs> the instruction manual to figure that out. And and what it what I can gather so far is that uh, it will auto detect the types of clothes you have, uh, the level of um, I guess dirtiness for lack of a better term, and the types of cycle it would need uh, automatically, and, and the amount of uh, cleaning detergent and other things. So that's um, that's what it meant. Uh, and I don't know if you meant the question literally, Scott, but I think from a healthcare perspective, what I'd say is how we translate that to, to healthcare in terms of what does AI mean? To me, it means that uh, you can now automate some of these menial tasks. So instead of a quote-unquote picking the, the right cycle, you can now have your note be done in seconds and not have to be in front of a keyboard and then focus on the patient. You can now do your pre-authorization in a more uh, sophisticated manner. Uh, you can... Uh, do operations and understand what are some of the the clinical flow areas that can be done. Can you do your staffing scheduling? Can you do demand forecasting for your ED and see how many people are expected, say, on October 26th, and uh, based on the weather and whether there's a concert in the area, that kind of stuff, or a football game. Uh, you can now do uh, predictive analytics on which patients need better care in terms of AI technology to say, oh, this person should probably have more visits or fewer visits. And this person, you can see once every six months. Can you look at scheduling and and, and no-shows and predict uh, which patients may have barriers to access because of transportation, whatever else it may be? I think there's a whole new world coming uh, based on AI that I feel pretty bullish on and feel pretty good about. It, and I can understand the skepticism because it hasn't happened and hasn't delivered yet. But I think now that we're entering a generation where we're looking at data in a much different way, it gives us a chance to actually achieve the goals and the and the uh, insights that we've been trying to achieve. No, thank you very much. That's really exactly what I did mean is what does it mean? 
you know, with, with whether it's the washer and dryer, the dishwasher, the microwave, all these things that now have an AI tag on them. But it's, it just gives us a simple example of what we should expect in healthcare, that things will get done with us having to put less cognitive effort into it and, and allow you to free up to do other things. Most of us only have so much cognitive capacity, which is the reality of, uh, of people and everything. So, Dr. Pahirid, always a pleasure to visit with you, and, and thank you for shedding light on this. Is to sort of what do we expect as ROI around digital health technologies? Why does it sometimes fall short, and a lot more? Dr. Pahirid, Malik Pahirid, Dr. Brilliant uh, the discussion. Thank you as always for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you, Scott. It's always a pleasure to be here, and I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.